Tending Lambs. I'm Katie, and today's episode is the second half of our interview with our friend Vincenza. If you remember from the previous episode, we ended with me asking her how she coped with everything she had gone through. In this episode, she answers that question by sharing the rest of her story as a teen and adult, exampling the type of coping mechanisms you build when so much of your life so far has been fraught with abuse, as well as how she has used therapy and relationship to cope in healthier ways. Uh, In this half of the interview, we also venture into matters of faith and how Vincenza came to know Jesus. I hope this episode is encouraging for you, as Vincenza's story of faith and hope has been so encouraging to me personally. Thanks for listening, and enjoy. Yeah, um, yeah, so um, I guess towards adulthood, um, I... Like around 17, I had like met this guy who's almost like 30 years old, um, had no business with him, but I think I really did it to get a rise out of my mom at the time. I was just kind of like, I could leave this situation at any time, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I I guess it's like, even at this point, I didn't have a real understanding, again, of my body, of sex, of it's probably not a good idea that this guy is, you're with this guy the way that you think. Um, There was no one looking out for me. I mean, my mom did talk to the guy or whatever, um, you know, and I had dated other guys too, but this guy was distinctly different because he was way older than me, you know? Um, and he's like, you're with a high school kid. That's, you know, um, yeah, that doesn't say anything about the high school kid. That says everything about the older guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, um, I, yeah, I basically went to college, um, I had failed the 11th grade. (laughs) Um, Again, I was not all there with school. Um, You know, it was hard for me to keep up in a lot of different ways. And a lot of it, I just kind of goofed off. I'm not going to lie. And I had somehow been able to go through a program where I can, like I could, go through the specific class that I had failed that was putting me back with the mm-hmm. 11th grade. Um, and I was still able to graduate in the 12th grade. So it was like I was in the 11th grade homeroom, but I was still being considered as a 12th grader to an extent. Um, so it, yeah, it was, it was very interesting in terms of that. But so I got to a college. um, It was a Christian college. Um, I had never been exposed to anything really. um, I guess it was like the most exposure that I had ever gotten was the black church. And it was very, it, it was very small and it wasn't that encouraging. You know, um, 
given just how much my parents weren't really big into um, church or Christianity in general. Um, you know, even though they might have had the appearances of just going to church and maybe having a little Bible verse in our, you know, in our living room or something. Um, and so I was kind of pushed headlong into, you know, Southern Baptist culture, um, you know, seeing all, all these kids basically come from Christian homes. Yeah, um, <laughs> you got baptism <laughs> by fire. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, most of the kids that I was with were homeschooled. Um, you know, I had... <laughs> You know, like I grew up in the Southern Baptist. (laughs) (laughs) I recognize this. (laughs) I resemble that remark. Um, yeah, and so I, yeah, I was completely being immersed by that and being around. I had to say, you know, most of the people that were around were just, just lovely people. Um, you know, they, they genuinely just took in and we're just absolutely the kindest people I've ever met um you know and that's where there I became a Christian um you know just through a lot of the different programs that they were having I was being exposed more to the bible I had to take a one of the class requirements was that I take a new testament old testament class um, so I had to have a Bible in my class, um, which is like, wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> and you know, yeah, so I became a Christian in college and that was a huge turning point, um, with my relationship with my parents. Mm. Um, my, my dad was, um, Oddly enough, more in the picture once I left home. (laughs) Um, And, you know, he seemed kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. I'm glad that you made that decision for yourself. And my mom was just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, she just was angry that I Mm. became a Christian um, and had was making comments of like, I'm actually kind of disappointed that she did that you know, and I wanted to change my major to something where I would deal more with a church related vocation. And she was like, I'm not paying for your college education anymore because you're doing that. Um, And so I guess the point where um, things kind of changed for me at college was I really, um, I really was struggling to, uh, I guess I was just really struggling to stay on top of my classes and everything of that nature. Um, I didn't know how, I was like, I don't know how to get organized. I'm kind of looking at other people and trying to see if I can maybe mirror that or something. And I just couldn't. And I felt like I, I got really ahead of myself because I was trying to form my life on maybe what I saw what other other people were doing rather than thinking about 
where do I come from and what am I doing? You know, or just thinking of like things in the capacity that the Lord has given me, you know. Um, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, you know, I come from, um, you know, alcoholism. And so that's going to affect a lot of the things that I'm doing, you know, but I guess there was that aspect of, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of choices that I was making that were just not, they weren't the best at all either because they weren't considering, you know, my struggles. Um, So I kind of, I guess kind of fast forward, um, you know, my, I ended up um, moving away from college, but I didn't finish college. I ended up having to drop out um, because I basically had gotten to the point that I had tried to commit suicide because I could not, I just could not deal with life at that point in time um, in college. Um, I completely hit a wall. I did share with my mom, hey mom, I'm really struggling in college. I'm really, you know, there was a lot of different things. I was in a relationship. I was trying to get through my classes. Um, I was putting responsibilities on myself that I had no business, honestly, putting those responsibilities on myself. Um, I, I just, I could not, I just could not function. Um, I didn't, I didn't know how to function really. Um, and so I, yeah, I basically failed out of college at that point due to, you know, the whole committing suicide and so on and so forth, um, and missing all of my, you know, all of my classes and things of that nature. Um, I did get a diagnosis, um, at that time with a specific disorder, which I'm probably not going to (laughs) name. Um, and, um, so I started living back with my parents and that was just, I noticed my mother was drinking more and more. Um, my dad was still doing his binge, you know, still leaving and coming back, leaving and coming back. Um, I learned he was starting to do heroin at that point, um, we were having police being called to our house because my dad was involved with being at a trap house and different things of that nature too. And just kind of like, what am I doing here? And in the midst of that, I'm all again, immersed in an environment at my church um, where they didn't understand what I was going through. They didn't understand alcoholism. They didn't understand, you know, um, dysfunctional families, none of that. Um, they didn't understand mental health issues, which is what I was going through. And, um, so I basically ended up having to leave Memphis and that church was trying to, um, church discipline me because they were seeing it as a, um, you know, just a whole lot of, uh, I guess like relationship issues, relationship conflict with different people over various different things. And I think that was a huge, um, I guess, misunderstanding of like what 
where I was trying to come from in a lot of ways. Um, but again, I felt like I was immersing myself in a culture that didn't understand. And I have to say to a degree that um, a lot of these people were white. Um, and so I don't think that they understood that. Um, I guess it was like, I don't think they fully understood a lot of the different things that I was going through had nothing to do with like personal sin on life. And yeah. when I did try to confess personal sin and I was very open about my sin issues, it was always dealt with so harshly. Mm. And I just kind of felt back in that place of, I guess, even a childhood aspect of things of like, here I am in an environment again, where I am being dealt with more harshly than maybe some other congregants or whatever that may be. I don't know. Uh, to be fair, I don't know how they always dealt with every church dis uh, discipline issue, but I felt like this is pretty crappy to, you know, have to move away from my home now. And now I'm being marked out as a person who is a danger to the church because I'm trying to get away from my parents at this point. Um, and and if you don't mind me interjecting yeah. here on that note, like it, it does make me think, you know, everything that we attending lambs have kind of been trying to push back against the super, super authoritarian tradition of the, like in particular the American church, you know, we're not going to get into church history and like crazy <laughs> stuff yeah. like thousands of years ago, or not thousands, but like hundreds of years ago. Um, but like, it is so pervasive and I don't know if you listened to our episode on parental authority, but researching for that episode was so important for me and kind of dissecting in my mind how the church approaches parental authority, but not mm. only parental authority, how it approaches all authority mm. and all positions of authority and how it approaches um, uh, uh, discipline and all of that. It's like, um, it's so much like how you're describing. And if you've, you know, Don Owsley yeah, um, yeah. and how he's mm -hmm. talked about, you know, his daughter with, with rad, with reactive attachment disorder mm. and the church that they were a part of at that point, And their whole approach to it was, you know, you spank the evil out of this kid. Like that's, and mm -hmm. you, and like, uh, you go to the lengths you have to go to get the problem child to submit. And, and if you can't, it's then on you, everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's on the problem child, you know, not on the approach. It's on this, you know, two-year-old, three-year-old, seven-year-old, 16-year-old, 23-year-old, you know, and, and eventually you do become more responsible for your and ultimately responsible for your actions. But the approach from the ground up is super, super punitive, even mm -hmm. with like people that are not your children, you know? And it's mm -hmm. like we, in that episode on authority, we talked about uh, what church authority is and mm -hmm. how so many, like the church, the off, um, 
the authority of like the office of a pastor and what kind of authority that is. Like my doctor has authority, but he mm -hmm. doesn't have, he has authority because of his position and his experience and he's gifted in this area and he's mm -hmm. been uh, entrusted with this position, but he can't punish me if I don't do what he says that I need mm -hmm. to do, you know, and that's kind of so many pastors and you know, gosh, it's just, you see it and they don't see it in themselves. They talk about a child's sin nature and it's like, dude, look at yourself. <laughs> any, and I get so fired up about this. Any little bit of power and control that people think that they have, like, oh, I have this on, it's like they run with it. And instead mm -hmm. of approaching it from a relational standpoint or trying to actually help someone, it's a let's smack this out of them because I have the authority. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm just kind of waiting for the point in the story where someone sees Vincenza having a hard time and is like, "Right, you look like you're. <laughs> I mean, you seem like you're having a hard time." Like, can, and I was. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, um, I guess, uh, like from there, it's like I went from you know fresh out of frying pan into the fire of for one, you know, um, environment where I was not being understood to another environment where I was not being understood. And it was even worse because now I'm in a family dynamic that I'm starting to see is really, really off. Like there's something going on here, but it's like, that's not my business. I'm not here to do that and I don't want to do that because with this person I was you know good friends with them and they just completely betrayed me and you know completely um I think that they use their position to in a way kind of and this was actually an, a woman you know doing this to me too um and i think it hurt me even more because i was looking at this woman who is a you know godly older woman um and i felt like she had a lot of wisdom and a lot of things to offer and i was like i would love to be her <laughs> like that's kind of how it was like i was yeah. like, like she's like she's my mother in the faith like anything that she said was just like oh lord god like help me like my mother in the faith is pointing this out to me please help me figure this out because I know that she wants what's good for me and she loves me and it was just so hard to come to the realization like even this mother who is a Christian <laughs> is failing me horribly right now um and I I, I guess I took I constantly internalize like I completely botched this, you know, um, I've left my parents' environment and then look where I'm at now. I'm still causing small fight. So that's how I was. I was thinking of like, this is all my fault, you know, and that's just kind of how, um, you know, my life was for a point. Um, I met Matt in the midst of all of this, um, which is, I just feel like it was so crazy um, because I, I honestly had gotten to the point when he had 
kind of noticed some things and was talking me through a lot of the situations living with this uh, particular family at this time when I was living in Georgia. And just kind of getting to that point of like, man, you know, he could honestly be like, look, I don't want to deal with this. Like, this is too much, you know? And I felt like I completely could understand it, but he stayed and yeah. he saw all these things and he still stayed and he still wanted to, you know, be with me and still marry me. And it's like, we're both, we both knew that we were Christians. We both knew that we wanted to be married and we both knew that we wanted to spend the rest of our lives with each other. Um, and so we went with that, you know, um, <laughs> and, you know, um, so I originally, I, we were going to stay in the United States, um, but I ended up moving. And a lot of the reasons was I wanted to finally get away from my parents. And I told Matt this, um, I, I could not vision, um, you know, us growing together and my parents being involved in that at all my family being involved in that at all um I couldn't envision you know I, I don't know I just could not I felt like I cannot do this here you know yeah. um and so I was like maybe you know moving over will probably be a bit better for me and um you know, since I've been here in Australia, I have, um, you know, I've been getting counseling. Um, I have been, I have been re-diagnosed again. I'm about to get diagnosed for something else now. Um, I, I've learned a great deal about things from back in the day, um, you know, given with um, learning that I had endometriosis and, you know, um, different things like that, um, I was able to get medical records and I learned that I was diagnosed with a motor neuron disorder. I don't know what they called that back in the day. Oh, and I was also wow. diagnosed with ADHD as well. Um, and so over the years, I had also been kind of diagnosed with PTSD as well, um, you know, as a result of everything that I've been going through and um, I'm kind of in a 12-step program now for uh, adult children of alcoholics um, and yeah it's really been just a long stretched out season of healing of learning of asking questions and um, I've also kind of gone no contact with my parents as well. Um, I think the boundary that I've set for myself is emails at least. Um, I don't, they have tried to call me since I've been here and that's just been an absolute fiasco every time they've called me because they've been drunk when they have called me. Mm -hmm. um, so I've tried to set that boundary of, We'll just talk over email and that seems to be working um i'm not yeah i'm not in contact with any of my extended family because they've also proven themselves to be pretty toxic as well too um 
but yeah, it, it really has been just a long season of learning and really, um, I, I feel like I'm kind of reparenting myself, um, you know, and that's been really, that's been a huge struggle for me um, because I do get upset. I do have those moments of like, why didn't my mom teach me how to do this, you know? And it's like, my mom couldn't teach me everything and I get that, but it was just like, there's, there's some basic things that I'm learning at 32 years old that I should have been taught like ages ago and it's embarrassing. And, um, you know, the times I've cried to my husband of like, why, like, why is this not something I learned, you know, just something so basic. Um, That's one of the things that I think is just really one of the biggest themes that comes up in the group and just in my life personally is kind of reparenting yourself at points and all of us, you know, everyone. Okay. Let me say it this way. No one is a perfect parent. And we know that. And we know that I know that my kid is going to have to, or kid, maybe God willing kids are going to have to, uh, you know, work through things that mistakes that I made and sins that I sinned against them. But um, it's, it's so important that, um, that we do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think like we all try and just do the best we can. And that's like, okay, for a while, but then at some point, especially for, for people who've gone through such traumatic things like you, um, that it's just not an option to, um, to not reparent yourself in a way to go back to childhood self. And that's so hard even for me, who like I did not go through nearly, I did not experience the things that you've experienced, um, and it is so hard going back to my childhood and reliving pain and th- and and addressing it and thinking about it and like, you know, I, um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, EMDR the therapy. With yeah, yeah, yeah. My movements, but I know mm. that that for some people has been really. Um, mm. impactful but that is extremely painful because mm. you have to revisit in a really physical way the the traumas that you've experienced but um it's so important to being able to grow and heal from the things that we've experienced yeah relationship um, with, oh, sorry go ahead yeah go ahead sorry Oh, I was just going to say it really about marriage too, especially when two people mm-hmm. are kind of acquiring and relearning a lot of the way that they, like a lot of dynamics that they have with their family of origin and also just kind of like personality, everything they're working through. But if you can kind of gentle people, each other mm-hmm. while reparenting yourself, it's, it just kind of comes all together. It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it's definitely been a thing of, like, having to, you know, step back and remind myself 
I'm not in survival mode anymore. I'm not in constant dysfunction. It's okay. (laughs) You know, and, and, and that can be, you know, depending on the day that can be extremely hard for me, you know? Um, and, you know, just like explaining to my husband about my hypervigilance, I'm extremely hypervigilant, um, you know, uh, and, you know, just trying to explain to him of like, it's, I'm just always in the back of my mind. It's like, there's just always something. (laughs) And so I feel like I have to be alert and I get so frustrated when I'm not, you know, there are those moments where I feel like I let my guard down and I shouldn't move, you know? Um, and I feel like I can be, you know, extremely naive about things too. Um, you know, which I guess has been brought up a bit talking about like being on the autism spectrum and different things of that nature. Cause I did get assessment for that recently too. And just, yeah, I guess just thinking like, you know, I do feel like I'm very naive of some things and maybe way too trusting of people too. Um, I don't know. I, I just, I guess it's one of those things of, I'm glad that I'm in a place now where I'm actually, um, I was saying to Matt, I think I might be the first person in my entire family who had been actually dealing with um, their mental health issues in a healthy way. Um, Because I had to look back and think, you know, addiction, it really is a symptom of often, you know, my parents are trying to deal with their own trauma. They're trying to deal with the stresses of life. They're trying to deal with their mental health issues. And my dad definitely, um, he, um, he definitely had a lot of mental health issues and um, different things of that nature and in uh, uh, conjunction to his alcohol problem. And then my mother as well, too, um, you know, just finding out a little bit more about her, um, even as an adult, um, because she didn't she just didn't really share anything about herself with me. Mm. Um, you know, but yeah, just getting the counseling that I need and, you know, trying to, um, learn, you know, in the, I guess it's like for a huge chunk of my life, I had a toolbox and I had nothing to really grab from to understand a lot of different things. Um, and now I'm in the environment where I can do that and I can do it with safe people, you know. Um, and so I'm really, I'm just really thankful for having this finally having the opportunity to really um, be in an environment where I do feel safe and, you know, I'm not dealing with someone else's alcohol problem, um, you know, or I'm not trying to have to, um, you know, I guess be, you know, kind of 
having strings attached, kind of being the puppet to someone else's image or whatever that may yeah. look like yeah. as well too. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, just very, very thankful even to be in the 12 step program. Um, I didn't, it's really kind of unorthodox with the whole, <laughs> uh, adult children and alcoholics, but I mean, it really has been just super helpful in helping me understand so much about myself. Um, you know, coming to a group where I notice other people are dealing with the exact same things and, you know, feeling like, oh, well, am I in norm? Am I normal? You know, um, is this normal? Um, you know, and noticing we have a lot of things in common as far as dysfunctional families because a lot of the program doesn't just focus on alcoholism but dysfunctional families as well um and just noticing you know i um like different traits that specific you know uh adult children of alcoholics have and seeing that that that's something to kind of be watchful for in my mm -hmm. own house now um you know, like saying I can have the propensity to be very, very controlling and get super stressed out when things don't go the way that I want it to go and just thinking it's okay. If this isn't happening, it's fine, you know, um, and just kind of unpacking that a bit in my counseling sessions and, you know, trying to understand what's behind that stress of wanting to be controlling and so on yeah. and so forth too yeah. so well you know i um i was actually talking with an old mentor of mine who's now just a, a friend and we mm. talk every every so often and kind of catch up and i um I was telling, she posted something really, that really resonated with me on Instagram. And so I messaged her and I told her, you know, that really speaks to me. And here's a little bit about why. And uh, toward the end of the little conversation we were having, and I said, yeah, you know, there's uh, a lot to unpack here though, because I can't even tell you why. It, it, we were just talking about fear. And I said, I can't mm. even tell you why I'm afraid. There's a lot to unpack here. And she said, well, there's the excavation work that that you know to the to dig up uh, all these things and that is brave in and of itself you know we see a lot of like um you know weight loss stories are one like you see the before mm. and the after and that's that is the impressive thing and and well and you know that they did a lot of hard work but oh wow look at this mm. you know but in mm. between there is so much doubt and there is so much fear and there is so much backtracking and there's so much like, oh crap, I didn't realize that was that bad in my head, you know, and, and it takes so much courage to reparent yourself and to mm. excavate all of that nastiness and to go through it. That takes a ton of courage and I am so thankful for your journey and that you you are so 
open about it on Facebook and on your Instagram. And I have really benefited from your openness. And mm -hmm. I know that's not easy. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of work to get to the place where you, where first of all, you recognize the things that you're talking about. You know, so many people mm -hmm. that have this kind of trauma do not even, they just, don't want to think about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to acknowledge it. And then to do that publicly, it just is like, it's been a huge benefit to me. Honestly. It's always struck me too, is like um, knowing what you've gone through and what you currently do go through. Um, just like how you share about that. And then you immediately point me in your Facebook po um, post to Christ. And I just, mm. I've caught myself so many times being like, I can't even like draw from that part of myself. And here is mm. my friend who's gone through so much and is processing all of this and dealing with everything. And the first thing that she does <laughs> is make sure to, I mean, to point to Christ and for God's love for her, which I mean, it's made me think a time or two of like, well, then God must love me too. <laughs> it seems so simple, but to see someone else pointing it out so genuinely. Yeah. And I think that's been the, like a really big thing for me. I, I wasn't interrupting you, was I, Sam? Yeah. Okay. That's been a really big thing for me too. Like huge. Sam and I have actually talked about this in like preparation for this episode and just talking about, you know, the things we appreciate about you and, and um, how your faith in Jesus and how your reliance on him is so, um, I don't say it's so impressive. And I don't say that in a way to be like, Oh, you're such an impressive Christian, you know, yeah. your faith, because we know where it comes from and all, you know, all of that stuff, but it has so struck me. Um, and has really, um, convicted me in a lot of ways to be honest and and if I'm being honest we're talking about ignoring problems you know mm -hmm. like in ways that I've wanted to just like stuff down and say like oh, no, 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 like ignore I'm not gonna go there like because I can feel that conviction like and not in a way that makes me feel shameful um it's been really important for me to see your faith through such serious trials and to be challenged and to be you know asking myself like um just in a real genuine way where's my where's my faith where's my hope you know mm -hmm. not in a way that makes me feel like oh katie you should be relying on jesus more you know because that doesn't get anywhere good um but just really has spurred me on to ask Jesus, like, okay, God, you know, where are we going? Where are you and I going? Mm. How is this, you know, the, you've given such a measure of faith to my sister Vincenza, you know, what's, what's our relationship going to look like? Mm. Where's my faith? You know, <laughs> where's like, so anyway, I didn't mean to get into all that, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, I, I have to say, you know, I, first of all, I really appreciate y'all's kind words there. Um, I, I honestly, I have to say, I had to 
get to a point of just being like, Vincenza, you, I think it goes back to, I actually was saying this to uh, uh, Matt last night, um, just in preparation of this, of like, I have had to get to a point in my life, I think it was around the time I hit that wall in college of like, Vincenza, your life is not like this, you know, <laughs> like cookie cutter, uh, you know, and there's nothing wrong with um, having a simple life where you don't, you just, I guess it's like you have those regular problems, you know, um, and it doesn't have to be like this dramatic thing either, you know, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that too. But it's just like, for me, I, you know, this is where I come from. This is what's happened to me. And I feel like I, for so long, I've been denied over and over and over again, the opportunity to say something is wrong. <laughs> just to even say something is wrong has made me like, oh, you're a problem with my family, you know? Um, and I was like, I can't live like that because clearly my life is showing like there's, there were a lot of problems, you know, mm. there's a lot of issues there. And I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like I don't have anything to lose by being transparent and just saying, God, you know, there's a lot of. I guess there's a lot of fear, you know, when you're a survivor, especially when you come forward with your story and you feel like, well, no one's going to believe what I'm saying, or they're just going to think I'm lying, or, you know, they're just going to think I'm just looking for some kind of weird validation from people through, you know, just unloading pain or things like I mean those are things that I've thought but it's just kind of like honestly if I can tell a couple of people my story and they really resonate that and they can walk away from that and say you know what God's gonna work in my life too the same way if he can do it in Vincenzo's life he can do it in my life too um you know and just kind of I guess being just trying to be authentic and just trying to say, you know, this is what's happened to me. And I know I don't have every piece of the puzzle together, but I'm trusting God to continue to help me through it, you know, and I'm hoping that I can, you know, live right, you know, live rightly. Um, and, Oh, I mean, more than anything, trusting in what Jesus has, you know, done for me on the cross. Um, and because of that, I can live the way that I do, um, not trying, I guess, not fearing what people are going to think or not fearing like, oh, gosh, you know, no one's going to believe my story, but just kind of hoping that God will be glorified through it. I know it can be a tricky thing with testimonies and things because I know that people kind of look at it as like oh well, she's just big up in herself but 
I, I don't know. I really do feel like if God was not in my life, there's no telling where I would be. Um, who knows at this point? Um, but I, I really am. I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for the journey. You know, I'm thankful that God hasn't given up on me. And, you know, through everything that I've gone through in my life. And I'm thankful that I can share my story and other people resonate it, or excuse me, resonate with it and can feel encouraged, you know, and that's really all I want to do is encourage other people, you know, um, and it's like everyone's journey is different. It's not going to look the same, you know, it's not going to be what I went through, but God definitely is, you know, um, he's definitely there in the midst of whatever we're going through. Um, he's definitely a refuge in whatever storms of life that we go through. Yeah. And I know that sounds so cliche at times, but it it's the tr- truth. And I feel like if anyone's life can show that, it's mine. Um, and I, I just hope that that, you know, continues to encourage people well i have a couple of things that i'd like to say in response to that (laughs) one is it's so you know i hear a couple of times throughout us talking um i hear that you still have like that voice in your head that thinks that people are gonna think you're bragging on yourself or you're being too like you're thinking too much of yourself or this or that but i don't think anyone who knows you even a little bit would think that unless they themselves were like something was wrong there like because there is such a humility in the way that you share your story and i don't get any of that from you i feel i've just always sensed a real genuine um desire to help people and I, I certainly appreciate that from you. And also that like, um, that, that level of faith that I know doesn't come from anything you've been, you've mustered up, you know, and it's just really cool to see Jesus do work like that and to like be kind of, I guess, reminded that, it is his work in all of us and you know it's gonna look different and it's gonna be slower and faster and different in each person's life and um like the patience to bear with what jesus is doing you know you've gone through so much and so many people would come away really resentful toward god uh, over the things like, okay, what, well, where were you when this was happening? And, and where were you when that was happening? And, and, um, the, you know, faith that comes from, that only comes from Jesus is just so, it's just so impressive and cool to see in your life. So um, thank, thank you for being so open. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, I know, like, I think the biggest thing I always think of is speech because I'm just, uh, <laughs> this is why I'm like online all the time because I feel like I, I 
just art I can articulate what I'm thinking better sometimes yeah better out through text and speech because I'm always just super leery of what I'm saying to people like when I'm around them or whatever but yeah. <laughs> um, well, you've done really great. <laughs> Don't feel weird or awkward about anything. Like we've, I've really enjoyed listening to your, well, enjoyed, you know, I've enjoyed talking with you, but I've really appreciated you. Yeah. So yeah. Thank you so much, Vincenzo. Yeah, for, no problem. It was great. And uh, right. <laughs> thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Yeah. Until next time. Thanks so much for listening to Tending Lambs. There's always so much more that can be said. So if you'd like to continue the conversation, please join us in the Tending Lambs Facebook group. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash tendinglambs, Instagram at tendinglambs, and for show notes, our blog, and other gentle parenting resources, check out tendinglambs.com. If you're a fan of this podcast and would like to help us continue creating content, we now have a Patreon. We'd love it if you would consider supporting us through that platform. As a patron, you'll be supporting the podcast, blog, and entire Tending Lambs community. But not only that, you'll receive lots of fun perks as well. Sign up to support us at patreon.com slash tendinglambs. And as always, until next time. <laughs>